0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Mindful Hunter Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jay Nickel. With a very special guest on board today, uh, a fellow Canadian, Tanis, who is based out of Alberta. Um, I've been, I can't even remember when I started following your Instagram. It's been it's been a while though. Um, she lives in a very different place than I do, like a different type of country, and she gets to hunt different stuff. And she's a bit of a, a lever action fanatic, which I don't know a whole ton about, so I'm always kind of interested in that. And to top it all off, she kind of started this year with a bang—a pretty crazy goat hunt um, in northern BC. So we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, and and particularly that. So thank you very much for taking the time today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. My pleasure. For sure. It's always nice when I can talk to fellow Canadians. Um, so maybe the beginning is as good a place to start as any. How did you initially get exposed to hunting? Do you, do you come from a hunting family?
1: Sure. Um, so it's kind of interesting how I got into hunting. Um, growing up, like I have two brothers and growing up, like hockey was the main focus of like my parents and my, my brothers, like that's, that's what they were always busy with. And, um, my dad did like a little bit of hunting. He, um, he grew up hunting some, but he wasn't like huge into it. He just kind of did it sort of as a hobby if a little bit here and there.
0: And are you born but, and raised in Alberta? Like that's where all this is kind of yes. taking place. The ho- Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, so anyway, um, I started hunting with my dad, I think when I was about 13 or 14 kind of as a thing for us to do together because he was so busy with the boys all the time I kind of got left out (laughs) that's interesting um, yeah so like I don't know I've always been kind of outdoorsy and a bit of a tomboy so it just seemed like um kind of a common thing kind of a common interest that um just something that we could do together so yeah, I started with him and yeah, the first year I got, uh, my first year I got a doe with him and I mean, I was just kind of hooked after that. Like I just had so much fun I just wanted to do it.
0: So what was that like? Was it, was it stand hunting? Were you guys walking around? Like what? Um, um so
1: it's, it's very different from the kind of hunting I do now. Okay. Um, nothing wrong with it if that's how people hunt, but we actually, um, we were sitting, I guess it would have been like a, we were in a log pile. So kind of like in a blind and just sitting there till dark. And that part I wasn't totally interested in. Um, I was pretty bored actually, <laughs> like this is hunting, but I guess it's pretty fun when you get to actually pull the trigger at something. But so that's kind of, yeah, what I started doing very different from what I do now, but, um,
0: And how old were you when you got that deer?
1: I, I was 13 or 14. I okay. can't remember exactly, but, um, yeah. And then a couple of years later, I think I was 17. I met, um, Claire, which is now my husband. He, um, like he was really into hunting and he's actually, um, like a, he's an Indian, so he's a native. And so he grew up like they hunted all the time. Like they weren't right. trophy hunters or anything. They just hunted cause they needed meat. Sure. So um, yeah, we kind of got together and just kind of just went with it. And that's what we did all the time. And like he grew up, he, his uncle had a trap line out West actually. And like from the time he was three years old, he was spending like a week out there with his dad and his uncle just like trapping and hunting. And so that's always been like, um, something that's been a, a part of him. So like when we got together, it just kind of, um, became our thing and kind of fueled that, that fire and interest for both of us. And yeah, the rest is just kind of history. That's just, that's my life now.
0: <laughs> so, cause I'm not super familiar with the tag system in Alberta what's what's mm-hmm. what do you guys typically spend time because I know the way you guys handle sheep is a little bit different than the way we handle sheep both of us have pretty good over the counter opportunities but you yeah. know except for when rare circumstances like this this goat hunt come up like what what types of things are you normally focusing on throughout the year
1: um so the last probably 6 7 maybe even eight years, sheep has really been my focus. Um, it, it used to be mostly just just whitetails, um, cause that's just like the easiest thing to get. Um, anybody can get a whitetail tag. So um, starting out, that's kind of always was my focus. Um, but then, yeah, like Claire and I just started spending a lot of time out in the mountains and it just kind of clicked like, hey, Why aren't we hunting sheep? Right. (laughs) Like we love the mountains. We're out here all the time. And, um, yeah, we just kind of got into sheep and, and it, yeah, you can just get basically and, um, anybody can just buy a sheep tag. It's limited to certain areas, but yeah, it's just like a general tag that anybody can really buy. So, so Yeah. yeah, that's kind of my focus now. It's been sheep for many years now. It's kind of been my obsession.
0: Uh, it's kind of funny. You mentioned you're being out in the mountains and you're like, why aren't we hunting sheep? So I just did my first sheep yeah. hunt this year and I've spent oh, okay. a, sh- a shitload of time in the mountains and I yeah. found myself for the last five years, like forcing deer and elk hunts into places where they're yeah. not, because it's like, well, I want to <laughs> go into these trains and I want to be really far away from people, but I find yeah. myself almost going on shitty deer and elk hunts when it's like, <laughs> there's way easier places to go hunt deer and elk, totally. but it's like, that's not where I want to be. So, yeah. and then when I went sheep hunting, I was like, well, this was kind of dumb. Like this was here yeah. all along. And this is the exact type of experience that I'm looking for. And the animal does actually totally. live where I want to be.
1: Yeah. Like we even try to like do our, our deer hunting and everything out West as well in the mountains. Cause it's just so much more rewarding. It's like 100%. coming back home and just like hunting deer on farmland is kind of like, eh, this yeah. is boring.
0: Yeah. It's kind of funny. I've, my bear hunt in the spring is like really chill. I got a buddy who's an outfitter and I don't go right on his tenure, but I stay at his place and he lets me hunt some of the farmer's fields that he, and it's like a total easy, fun meat hunt and it is what it is. But when those animals just do not feel the same, like I'm still super grateful for them and I eat the shit out of them, but it's not like a mountain animal. Like it's just not the same.
1: Totally. It's not the same thing at
0: all. (laughs) So, and I think you do a pretty good job articulating this on your channel. What do you think it is or what does the mountains do for you or what? Yeah. Like, why do you feel drawn to that? And maybe once you were drawn to that, like, why was it important to you to kind of keep that in your life or what does it do for you? Um,
1: I think I just, um, I don't know. I just, I like the challenge. Like, it's just, it's so much harder mentally and physically. Um, and obviously the beautiful scenery is just, it, it just doesn't compare to anything here at home. Um, cause like I live probably it's like two hours from the mountains, a little less. So okay. like I live pretty close, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just that it's so much harder to do it out there and get an animal out in the mountains. It just makes it so much more rewarding. And I mean, I love hiking and I just love the mountains anyway and being outside and being in nature. So yeah, it just was it for me once I started, like that's all I wanted to do.
0: Can you think of like one, you know, particularly rewarding time? I mean, maybe it was successful, maybe it was unsuccessful and one kind of particularly challenging time. Maybe when you got your ass kicked or something like that from, from a sheep hunt out there.
1: Sure. Yeah. I can actually answer that question in one story. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So when I actually got my Ram, which was in 2019, um, my husband and I actually, we hiked out. It was 50 kilometers on foot and um, yeah, we hiked like way back out in the mountains and um, I like going out there we had, we'd never been out to this certain area before and, um, going out there, we thought like for sure him and I are going to be the only yeah. hunters crazy enough to walk that far like yep. without horses or whatever. Like there's, we're going to have the place to ourselves. I guarantee there's not going to be any hunters and, um, funny thing, like it took us, I think three days to hike in there just cause we didn't really know the trail. We didn't know where we we're going and kept losing it and having to bushwhack forever, but Anyway, we, we ran into two hunters, um, on the way out there going the same place as us, which we were absolutely shocked. Oh. And, and then we, um, the next day we got to where we were going and we ran into one more hunter that was actually camped there for like oh two weeks. God. He's like hardcore. Yeah. He was like living out there. And as soon as we get into the bowl, we we're going to camp and whatever, two more hunters um climb up over the ridge and we're like you've got to be kidding me like I had no idea that other people other hunters knew about this place so (laughs) I was pretty discouraged um at that point um we actually had hiked in before season started so that we could um hopefully locate some rams and then get on something on uh opening day which um yeah opening day came and uh Yeah, it was kind of interesting trying to hunt this same bull with a bunch of other hunters, but, um, (laughs) kind of stressful, especially when you're that far back. It just, it almost felt like it was kind of a waste to walk 50 kilometers. But anyway, that's crazy, um, by the way,
0: I've done some shitty hikes, but like 50 K just to get in. That's legit.
1: Yeah, no, it was, um. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it's not fun, but I did end up now on opening day. Um, yeah, I was lucky enough to get on some sheep before anybody else. And yeah, so yeah, I was, I was pretty discouraged even that morning opening day. Um, then I got my ram and yeah, him and I had to haul a sheep out 50 kilometers again. And yeah, that was definitely like the hardest um thing I've done for sure obviously physically but even mentally like I don't know I it was hard (laughs) did you run into any of
0: the other people on the way out when you had a sheep
1: um we we just ran into like some random hikers and some other hunters that were a lot closer they weren't going as far as us but like further down the trail but um yeah, it was hard. I think we weighed our packs when we got home, and Claire's pack was 100 pounds. Mine was 80 pounds. And, like, I'm a small person. I'm, like, 120 pounds. So that was that was tough. I didn't really think I could do something like that, but it's it's kind of cool to know that I can if I have to. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, respect. Like, I had a pretty heavy pack this year, but I weighed 260 pounds. <laughs> and <it's> like, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot different than 120 yeah. pounds carrying around. I even think about that. Some of the smaller dudes, like I'm kind of buddies with Adam Foss and like, he is not a large man. And when I think about Mm -hmm. a dude like that in some ways, I think it's a benefit. Like I almost think hiking you without a full, full pack, I think you have a bit of a benefit because you're carrying around a little bit less weight. There's a little less wear and tear on the joints, but I do feel like with bigger packs, having that bigger frame it it, just because in proportion to your actual body weight, it's not as much. Um, yeah, And I think about that, even guys like him, like I bet you he's only 150 pounds, maybe like he's not a big guy at all.
1: Yeah. And like, that's part of the problem, like being a smaller person, like finding a pack that actually fits me in the first place is just impossible. So, yeah, you can imagine how uncomfortable and awful that was. It was just like hanging down and. Yeah, it was just awful. So
0: that's an interesting segue. I didn't really, I I should have actually prepared some questions like this, but let's, let's take a little digression and talk about gear. So what are you running for a pack?
1: Okay. So I'm using a Badlands pack. Um, I think it's the Summit if I remember correctly, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it works. It's, it's fine. It's um, yeah, definitely made for a man. So Being a female and having a smaller frame has been kind of a challenge to uh, find stuff that works for me. But, um, yeah, usually I just kind of just suck it up and deal with it and just do go with whatever sort of works. So, I I mean, it's fine, but I'm sure there's other options out there. But it's hard, like even um, like clothing. In like in the hunting industry, it's, it's hard to find clothes that even fit right. And yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. I am with, um, I wear a scree right now and little shout out to scree. They're, um, going to be, uh, launching a women's line here pretty soon. So I'm pretty excited about that, but
0: yeah, I knew you were, what, how do you, how do you like their stuff? I've never, I've never worn it. It looks nice.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. It's, um, if I had to compare it to anything, I mean, it's to me, it's, it feels like the same material and quality as like the big brands out there. Like it honestly is just like Kuyu to me. It's, it seems like the exact same material. I really like it. It's been great for me. I've used it on quite a few hunts now and I've got pretty much no complaints other than I want stuff that fits a little better,
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) soon. Well, and I will say, I like their, their marketing. They tend to focus on And I I hate this term. I don't want to call you or anybody else an influencer. But they they tend to focus on not like going after gigantic celebrity type people and people that might be a little bit more authentic about Mm -hmm. kind of what they're doing and how they're getting after it and stuff. Because I'm trying to think there's you. There's a couple others. I think there's a couple people in BC I know. And they're all like pretty legit people. Like they're all working day jobs and doing their thing. Like nobody's like some big famous hunter or anything like that, but it's an interesting kind of niche niche that they're, that they're going after, which I, you know, I can respect that. I think it's a good idea.
1: Yeah, no, I really like that too. Cause it's just like just real people that, yeah, they have other regular jobs and it's just, um, yeah, normal people that just really love hunting. And yeah, it's been a great group of people so far
0: what other kind of gear challenges or maybe are there any tips that you've run into that would be helpful for other women in the hunting industry? Cause that's gotta be a bitch.
1: Yeah. It's mostly honestly just been the biggest one has been the pack for me. It's just, I, I know, I think Badlands actually just started um, like an actual line of backpacks for women. I haven't really looked into it hard enough, but um that has been the biggest issue for me, for sure. Um, yeah, just not not being able to find anything small enough. Well,
0: it's and like, that yeah. shoulder width would be everything, because I even know when mm-hmm. like, you can make almost anything fit. If it's the, like I've had packs that are a bit shorter, packs that are a bit long, you can kind of get it done. But if those shoulder straps are three inches out to the side further than they should be, there's not, yeah. like the pack is just not suspending weight the way that it was designed to do at that point.
1: Totally. And like when you're hunting in the mountains, like you need a big backpack too, but like, even just the whole frame of it and everything just too long for me. Like, obviously it's made for somebody with a longer torso, so it sits better on their hips. Um, but yeah, that this never seems to work. And like I said, like, I always have like the straps and everything just, um, as tight as everything can go so it i don't know i've i just deal with it just make it work
0: yeah interesting i know i know kafaru that's who i run and they have different size frames but they don't they definitely still don't have anything specifically um for women i know that yeah even stone glacier they're kind of like the hipster pack company i thought they would for sure Mm -hmm have because even some of the bigger lines like I know first light I think has some some women's camo now but not a backpack Mm -hmm. and I think Sitka has some women's I know Sitka has some women's camo
1: yeah Um, yeah
0: but but I don't know of anyone who has a woman's backpack what about boots and stuff do you find that challenging or I guess because the mountaineering space is so big you can kind of like there's still decent hiking boots that come in women's sizes
1: yeah the boots haven't been too bad okay um it's funny because when I first started sheep hunting, I actually my first pair of boots, first few pair of boots I had actually were just like <laughs> these leather prospectors that I got from Valley Village for twenty bucks, <laughs> and I ran those for like four years, and I I thought they were great. My feet were always wet, but I just thought that was just something that's how it works. You, you just have wet with. feet when just, you go sheep hunting. Yeah, yeah, it's just how it is. Like I didn't think that there was actually anything out there that. Um, was better, <laughs> so I I got after that. I got like my first pair. Of, um, I have loas right now, and um, yeah, completely changed my life. I had no idea that you could actually have dry feet and not have blisters and everything.
0: <laughs> I hope totally all the dudes everything. who plague me with gear questions for their first backcountry hunt listen to this fucking podcast yeah. <laughs> because you have no idea, like how hung up people get on like, and they'll start arguing with me sometimes. Just, Well, yeah, yeah, but I heard this particular pant was better than that. And I'm like, oh my God, man, I don't care. (laughs) Wear whatever you want then. It's just like, and people get so, and I almost think it's because it's the one thing you can control. Like people don't know what they're going to run into when they get out there and they're scared, but they're like, well, if I just have the perfect gear, then everything will be okay. And what you come to realize when you get out there, like, Okay, gear is going to make you moderately more comfortable 100%. And a couple bucks mm-hmm. spent in the right areas is definitely going to pay off. But at the end of the day, it's going to be your mind before your body that goes. And, yeah, totally. you know. Yeah, I think everybody should do should do their first couple hunts in some shitty gear because I think yeah. then you kind of know <laughs> what you the what you're actually getting after that. You know what I mean? I think most people are a yeah. little bit spoiled by the quality of gear that we have these days yeah
1: I totally agree and um yeah it's it's nice to have nice gear and yeah like you said it obviously makes some things a little bit more comfortable and easier but at the same time it's to me um like I'm not rich so I don't spend a lot of money on stuff I think I mean I have some good gear but over the years like yeah I used to just hike in yeah $20 value village boots and jeans and (laughs) just kind of make whatever work and
0: yeah I don't know I was I was in work gear for the first few years because I I was a forestry engineer for 15 years so I wore like helly hansen rain gear to work (laughs) and I wore like those leather and rubber corks the half and halves that are like leather uppers and rubber on the bottom um and so when I first started hunting blacktail on the coast I was like well this is what we wear to go to work and that's in the mountains on the coast in the rain all day. So it kind of makes sense to me that we're going to wear that into the bush to, to go hunting. And it, yeah. And I I did that for years (laughs) before I, you know, started buying fancy camo and, and even before that, it was like going into Cabela's and like buying some of the clearance shit. Cause it's like, well, it's got a camo pattern and it's cheap. So and I'm lucky. Like people are going to be calling me a hypocritical bastard. Because, like now I run in like pretty night. Nice. Like it's kind of ridiculous what I spend on hunting. But I've also been doing this for quite a while, and I'm at a point in life where I can afford that kind of stuff. But I do think it's. I liken it to like this. I think it's great that yeah. everybody can navigate with their phone these days, and I fully support OnX and Base Map and all the rest yeah. of them. But when I first started doing layout, GPS literally did not even like the military had access to it, but Commercial use of GPS was not even like a legal thing. So I learned how to go into the mountains, turn around and come home with a compass and a tight chain or a compass and a string box. And I think having that as a base, I'm not saying that's what you should do every day, but having that as a base, then when you get outside of that and you do get spoiled with the nicer stuff, at least you've Mm -hmm. got that, the fundamentals, which I think a lot of people who get into things these days are kind of missing out on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I agree completely. Yeah.
0: So so let's get into this goat hunt. Cause I was it was kind of fun like I don't know um it's it's um oh now I'm gapping out. It's Dustin, right? BC Backcountry yes. and Beyond. Yep. And I yep. don't know him well what whatsoever. We've crossed paths online a, a couple times. He's an absolute legend as far as I'm concerned in the in the kind of BC guiding industry in that area that he's got up there is absolutely insane. And with, with COVID going on and stuff, I'd even always, always said to myself, like, oh, I I, like, this would be the time to like go up there or try and do a hunt with, like, there was a few guys that are kind of on my bucket list of, of, of Mm kind of outfits that if I was going to ever get to do one like that, that's how I would like to, to go and do it, but kind of, yeah. Yeah, because I, I guess you're friends with the other t- Tannis as well, which is really weird because it's like Tannis oh. is not a common name. When I first started seeing the pictures, I was like, what the shit? I was like, <laughs> um, it took me a moment to like piece things together. And I thought yeah. I thought I would have, I don't know if you did this on purpose, if you kept it under the radar. But like, I kind of see what's going on with your post. And I was like, all of a sudden you've just got a dead goat. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck? I was like, I didn't even like, I was almost like a little bit like, shouldn't I have known that this was yeah. like going to happen or something? But anyway, super congratulations. Like that was, Thank I've had you. my ass kicked on, on goat before. So yeah. I can relate to how challenging of a hunt that is, but oh yeah, walk me through mm-hmm. the the whole thing. Cause I'm sur- I'm super curious.
1: Okay, so yeah, I, I did kind of keep it on the down low just because, um, yeah. just with everything going on with COVID and yeah. everything, I just, I didn't know, there was just still some uncertainty like if it was actually happening, so I, I didn't want to just like, I don't know, tell people I was going and then
0: yep. it wasn't. totally.
1: So it, it's kind of funny how it all happened. Um, I had never really thought or planned <laughs> to ever go on any kind of guided hunt anywhere outside of Alberta. It's just... Obviously it's something I'd want to do, but it's just nothing I considered because we're not rich and it's just, it's just totally not something I could afford.
0: (laughs) Hey, and 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 as for most people, I've got some dream hunts in Alaska that are way off my radar too. And these are not like, listen, man, you can go do a spring black bear for like 3,500 bucks or you can go down to Arizona and do a coos deer for three, four grand but these mm-hmm. types of hunts are like a goat in BC or like a grizzly mm-hmm. and a, like, these are hunts that are kind of on a different level. So, I mean, you're, I'm in totally. the same boat, like absolutely have some bucket list hunts, but like the finance, like my wife would kill me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's kind of funny how it happened. Cause, um, my husband and I were just sitting at home one day and he just looked at me. He's like, do you want to go on a goat hunt? And I'm like, uh, not really, not really thinking he was asking me a serious question. Like that was actually something I do, but I was like, obviously what a dumb question. (laughs) But, um, he was like, no, I'm serious. Like he's like, I'm, I'm texting Dustin right now. And, um, just like with everything going on, um, they're kind of scrambling to find people to come hunt and, um, yeah, they just, their prices were dropped for, Yep, Canadians. And I was like, you know what? Like I should just do this because I'm probably never going to get the chance to do this. I think it's a
0: perfect storm. I tried telling people, I'm like, listen, if you had ever had sheep or goat on the mind, like the last two seasons were your two seasons because that shit ain't (laughs) ever happening again.
1: Totally. That's exactly what I was thinking. And, um, yeah, just with COVID and traveling and everything, I thought like, this is my window. I got to do it. I'm probably never going to get this chance again. So uh, just like that, we booked it. And that was that like, yeah, nothing that I had really planned or thought would ever happen. Um, and then it just happened to work out perfectly because, um, Tannis Barkman works for Dustin. Yep. And it's really funny how her and I connected because, um, for probably the last like three or four years, I have had so many people message me, asking me about um, how guiding in BC with Dustin <laughs> is, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, what? I I mean, I don't live in BC. I don't guide in BC, and whatever. This happened for like years. I had several messages. And I'm like, why is this happening? This is the weirdest thing. Yeah. And and then I just I don't even know how I found her account, but I found this Tannis Ray. I'm like, oh my goodness, this, this has to be why people probably, they must just think I'm her Yeah, because yeah, she guides for Dustin. But, um, yeah, so anyway, we connected and became friends like way before I was thinking of doing this hunt and we've chatted over the years here and there. And, um, yeah, as, as soon as, um, we booked the hunt, I, I said, I wanted to go with Tannis and yeah, then that's, that's how we met, which is pretty cool because we badass. both, yeah, we both have the first, our same first name and middle name. We're both Tanis Ray, so it's just.
0: That's insane. Yeah. It was, is yeah. there some like old country singer named that or like what's going on? Like, No,
1: I have no idea. Just, just super totally random. Coincidence. Yep, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> so was odd. A, no, yeah. So it was like the coolest way probably to meet was to go on a goat hunt together. Yeah. And yeah, it did not disappoint. She was, she was the best. She was awesome. <laughs>
0: Okay, so so we booked the goat hunt. We're going to go with Tannis. What's yeah. what's what's next? I mean, one hell of a drive, I'm, I guess.
1: Yeah, so it was about 20 hours. Yeah. Um, originally, the plan, because I just had a baby, and um, by the time my hunt comes, um, he's going to be one. Yep. So our plan was Claire and I and Finn, we're all going to go to BC together and Claire and Finn will just have to stay at camp, I guess, or something. We were just trying to figure it all out, like what we're going to do. Sure. Um, So that was our original plan. But then um, as we got closer, I think it was like a week or two weeks before I was actually getting ready to go. Um, Claire ended up getting a job that would be starting like right when I was gone, right oh, when my hunt shit. starts. So we're like, well, that's not going to work. So then we were actually telling um, one of Claire's cousins about the hunt and he, uh, he was like, oh yeah, so where's this hunt? And we told him and like his eyes just like lit up and he's like, no way. Like I guided in that same area 30 years ago. Um, he did like a, um, a bunch of horse hunts and um, he worked for an outfitter like, yeah, 30 years ago, same place. So he kind of got um, interested in it and we just invited him to go. Cause I didn't want to, I mean, I probably could have, but I didn't really want to drive 20 hours by myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just didn't sound fun. So yeah, it's a grind. Yeah. So we invited Shane and he ended up, um, I brought him on the hunt with me as well. Okay. Um, it ended up being in a little bit of a different place that he guided, but it was still really cool to be able to bring him and, um, kind of share that cool experience with him and for he sure. got to see some of the uh, same areas that he was in so many years ago and just brought back a lot of memories for him. And yeah, it was, it's pretty cool. I'm really glad he was able to come. It just worked out so good. So.
0: And just for people listening, we're talking like far Northwest BC, right? Like borderline yeah. Yukon type shit.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah it's up in the Cassiar. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay. So what are the logistics of the, of the hunt? Are there, are we, are we doing horses, base camp, spike camp? What is, what does everything actually look like?
1: Yeah. So, um, I kind of wanted it to be a horse hunt. Yeah. Not cause I, I, I don't care if I have to walk, but I just thought it'd be a cool experience cause I've always wanted to get into that, having horses and
0: taking yeah. them
1: out hunting. It's always been an interest of mine, but I just haven't gotten into it, but yeah, so, no, it was all on foot, and um, it was interesting, because I didn't realize this, but, like, Shane told me later, like, he has never done a hunt like this before. Like <laughs> He's used, used to <laughs> uh, packing in horses, and um, when you have horses, like, you can kind of uh, live kind of comfortably with, yeah. <laughs> like, a nice tent and food and stuff, but, like, he didn't realize, like, yeah, your food for 10 days, and... Um your entire life is like on your back.
0: (laughs) And it sucks.
1: Oh yeah, it sucks. So in a beautiful um, kind of way. Oh yeah, Yeah. definitely. It just makes it like that much more rewarding, I think. But um yeah, so yeah, that was cool. Um sort of for him to get to experience a hunt like that. I'm I'm used to that. That's like all Claire and I do here in Alberta. Um, all on foot and yeah your life on your back basically. So it was like nothing new to me, but, um,
0: yeah. Okay. So, I mean, how, I guess you have to get up into goat country where you've seen a lot of goats. Mm -hmm. Was it a bit of a grind? Like how's the hunt end up playing out?
1: Um, yeah. So Yeah. First day was just straight hiking up and it was awful. (laughs) I, I actually, um, it's funny because I feel like, I don't know, BC mountains are so much different than Alberta mountains, especially like up in the North country there. It's just like mind blowing, like how big and vast and wide and, huge everything is like obviously our mountains are big too but i don't know it just was like totally different to me but um yeah first day um just hiking in with heavy packs trying to get up as high as possible and i actually like even I don't know. I kind of pushed myself a little too far. I even like pulled like a muscle in my leg, but uh, like, obviously I didn't say anything. I no, just of course like not. kept pushing through. Yeah. Like, this is so stupid. This had to happen on the first day But um, so yeah, that first was First days are day. the worst.
0: I, I have a new yeah. mantra, like mm-hmm. 70% first days. Cause uh, like mm-hmm. without fail, I go too hard on day one and oh, I'll either yeah, get some was, hot spots and yeah. I won't put Luca tape on them or I'll roll an ankle or, I'll just yeah. hike 14 miles when eight miles would have done. Yeah. And it's just like, bro, you have 10 days. Like just I know. chill the fuck out. And yeah. I, I <laughs> it's just, it's all ego. And it's like, I really yeah. work hard. I even told on our sheep hunt this year with Spencer and Tristan, I'm like, we're going easy on day yeah. one. And it's even <laughs> then it was hard to like, cause yeah. you're saying, oh, you're being a pussy, but it's like, yeah, yeah you got to think of it as a marathon, not yeah. a sprint. And your mind is just so hard to stop
1: totally like you're excited and yep. just want to get there. And yeah. So that was me. I'm just all pumped. And yeah. Anyway, as, um, yeah, it was, uh, the first day was tough, but, um, yeah, we get up there and we see goats right away as soon as Great. we're like setting up camp. And so that was, a that was pretty encouraging. Yep. Um, but then like second day we wake up and we're completely socked in, you know, ah. you see like 20 feet in front of you and yep. like, I was like, <laughs> this sucks. Um, like how many days of this are we going to have? Cause the weather actually looked like, um, we were going to have bad weather for quite a few days. So yep. I know it was only day two, but I'm already just like super discouraged. Like.
0: It's one of the worst things. Cause it's also the thing you can do the least about. And I've heard exactly. it said, that's why mountain hunts are 10 days. It, you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Lots of times, although I, don't seem to have the best luck. It wouldn't necessarily take 10 days to be successful, but you almost need to count on the fact that 30, 40, 50% of your hunting time could just be wiped off the map because. Totally. Because visibility is at zero.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was the second day. We literally just like basically stayed in our tents till noon. And by noon, I'm just so antsy. I'm like, we got to do something. So (laughs) we, um, our, to get water was kind of a bit of a hike. So I was like, let's just go get some water and whatever, I guess yeah. I just got to get up and do something. So we, um, yeah, hiked down, got some water and came back and just hung out back in our tents. We went cause there's nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then by evening it had cleared. And so we were able to go sit on the edge of a bowl and and glass for a few hours in the evening. So that was nice. And we, yeah, we did see some more goats right away, which was encouraging. Nothing, nothing big enough or worth going after. I think we saw like a nanny and a kid and one smaller Billy that day. Um,
0: Now how's your ability to to sex a a goat? Like, do you feel comfortable doing that yet? Was that something that was important to you that you like spend some time Mm -hmm. looking at before you left?
1: Yeah, I definitely did. And um, I did a little bit of research before because I, I didn't want to just like go and be like useless and yeah. totally just rely totally on Tannis for everything. Like, um like if I'm going to go, like I want to, I want to be, you know, uh, pulling my weight. For sure. <laughs> so I did do a little bit of research because um, before, I mean, we can't hunt goats here in Alberta. So it's just nothing that I've really had to look into too
0: hard. But Something um, I just learned that's really interesting is that mm -hmm. the legal obligation in British Columbia for sheep hunt, well, for any type of hunting, but sheep hunting is the one where we get in the most trouble is on the hunter. Oh yeah. And so even if your guide tells you to shoot something, you could be shooting an illegal ram. And if you haven't done enough homework to know that what you're doing is illegal, Mm -hmm. you can't, I mean, they can tell you to do whatever they want to tell you to do, but you're the one at yeah. the end of the day who's going to, and I kind of feel the same way with the Billy nanny thing. Like, yeah. yes, shooting a nanny is not illegal in British Columbia, but we highly discourage it because of the profound yeah. impact it has on the population. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. I think you, you want to take as obviously you're with a professional, she's going to be highly yeah. trained, but you also don't want to feel like you're just blindly following somebody. Like you want to be playing totally. a role in that call as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I did do a little bit of research, but obviously it's, it's different when you're there and they are so similar. It can be it's crazy sometimes. Yeah. So now I feel after that hunt, I feel pretty confident that I could right. um, identify between the two, but like, yeah, definitely was different than I thought it was going to be once I actually saw um, a goat.
0: <laughs> I'm but, still nervous um, when they're alone. If they're in a group, yeah. I can get to a spot where I feel comfortable because you can like, compare things but it was like one goat totally. by itself especially if you're a decent distance away and you don't get to watch it go piss or something like yeah it's yeah man those differences can be pretty marginal unless you're like a legitimate expert who's been doing yeah. it for years
1: totally even like the size like I 100 wait that's a big goat yeah and she'd be like no that's just a young billy and i'm like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess <laughs> but um yeah, no, I definitely feel a lot more confident now actually That's awesome. seeing like quite a few goats too the whole time I was on that hunt. Um, yeah, yeah, it was good.
0: Okay, so so when do we start getting to the point where where, where we put something down?
1: Yeah, so I um, think it was day four because day three, we just did a whole bunch of hiking and glassing and like it was a hot day and we just weren't seeing much and getting kind of discouraged. I saw my first caribou, that's which cool. I was so pumped about.
0: They're um, so crazy looking. And I think, oh man, and they would have been mountain caribou so up there. So they've got like that crazy yeah. silvery kind of mm-hmm. edge to their coat. Like they're yeah. that's one of the craziest hides. I've never seen an yeah. antelope and I could see how that'd be pretty crazy too, but I was the same way. I think it was last year I was solo elk hunting in Northern BC and got to within about 70, 80 yards of a bull caribou. And I was just like, oh, holy man. shit, man, that thing looks crazy. Yeah.
1: No, I was, yeah, I was so pumped. It, I was so discouraged all day. We're not seeing any goats. And then I find these, I actually spotted them too. I was pretty proud of myself. See,
0: that's the best too. When you get the spot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, that totally made my day. I was so pumped. Um, but yeah, actually the, after the third day, we had planned to actually hike out further and um, to see if we, uh, find some new goats. Um, cause we we're kind of just seeing the same ones every day from where we were. Yep. Um, so yeah, then day four, we, our plan was to hike out, uh, to a different spot. So day four, we wake up and we pack up camp ready to, um, hike further out. And of course we decided just to check the couple bulls that were close to us that we'd been, um, glassing like for hours every single day but we just decided like on our way out like we might as well just check one more time so um yeah immediately Shane spots um a billy um across the bowl from us so we dropped our packs and um crawled to the edge of the bowl and we sat there and watched this billy for a little bit um and yeah we decided we're gonna make a go at it so um we actually left Shane at the spot where he could watch yep. the Billy. And then Tannis and I, we were going to sneak around. We had to go kind of around and we didn't want to go like right on skyline in case he saw us, but yep. so we had to go like way around a um, bit of a hike um, over some big boulders. And anyway, we're going to try and pop up on top of him and uh, hopefully be able to kind of shoot down at him. Cause he was kind of just like, yeah, in the cliffs along the edge. So anyway, we, we hike over there. Um we thought we should be able to see Shane from where we were and maybe he'd be able to like give us a heads up if it happened to take off or yeah, something. Yeah, kinda flag you so in. Yeah, just so we're not just going in blind. Yep, that was yep. our plan, which didn't work out that way. But anyway, we hike out or I mean, get to the edge and we're trying to get some eyes on this Billy and trying to get some eyes on Shane. We cannot find Shane. He's nowhere to be found. <laughs> we're like, what the heck? We we just had this plan and he's not where he's supposed to be. So anyway, we're like, whatever, we'll just try and find this goat. So we're like sneaking, trying to look and trying to find this goat. Can't find it. We're like climbing down the cliffs, like looking over every rock, trying to find it. It's nowhere to be found. So we go back up to the top and just trying to sort of reevaluate, and I don't know, come up with some other plan. Yep. And try to find Shane. We're still glassing for Shane. Like, where the <laughs> heck is he? Um, and like, he's like a cowboy, and where's a, a cowboy hat out there? Like, why can't we see him? <laughs> he stick out. I saw hat.
0: some of the pictures. I'm like, it would be hard yeah. to miss that guy out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're like, what is going on? This is so weird. So. Tannis is actually starting to get worried. She's like, well, what if something happened to Shane? Like something's got to be up. We better uh, find out what happened. I'm like, I'm like trying to calm her down. Like this is Shane Judy you're talking about. He's like, uh, like he, she hunts in Alberta all the time. And like, he's a tough cowboy. Like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> right. Like he spent a lot of times, a lot of time in the mountains and there's nothing to be worried about. Like, let's just find this goat. Just make sure. That it's not just hiding behind some little cliff here somewhere. Like, let's at least just find out if it's gone or not. Right. So she agreed, like, okay. So we try again, looking everywhere for this goat. Um, We even go further down into the cliffs and just kind of sketchy and just looking everywhere. and We cannot find it. So we just go back up to the top and we just sit there and we're like, um, still trying to find... Look for Shane. He's not over there. So, but then we were thinking, like, the goat must have taken off or something. So Shane's probably going to be popping out over that ridge, right? Like, any second. I'm sure he's probably coming our way to tell us that it's gone or something. Right. So we like sit there and waiting and nothing's happening. And so we're both s- sort of mostly her. She's worrying so much about Shane. I'm like thinking, like, he's probably fine. He's probably just on his way over here. But um, we both decide we'll just go back because we can't find this goat anyway. So, so we go back and, um, pretty relieved. We can see our packs on the ground and then I see this cowboy hat and there's Shane he's standing there waving at us and everything's fine. I'm like, good. He's, he's told you he's fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, then we get to him and kind of, uh, interesting what happened was, um, he was watching that goat, and about like five or ten minutes after Tanis and I left to go try to get up on him, um, he just happened to get up and walk away. The yeah. goat did, and so like it wasn't he wasn't spooked or anything.
0: He just just a goat doing goat things.
1: Time to go. Yeah. yeah. So he actually was gone by the time we got over there. But since we had just left like five or ten minutes ago, Shane thought that he could catch up to us. Uh. So. Yeah, he started making his way over to us, like kind of hurrying, said he wasn't like really straining himself, but like trying to get to us quick. And he just, I don't know, had some kind of weird thing happen where he just um, like couldn't breathe and he just kind of like collapsed and like didn't know what was going on. Um, And like he's in he's in good shape, like it's it shouldn't have been anything for him to climb up there and climb over to us but he said it it really freaked him out like he every time he tried try to get up and and climb he would just he he kept um collapsing and
0: crazy just
1: yeah like he just didn't know what to do he like laid down and he said he didn't know how long he was laying there for like doesn't know if he passed out or what but then he, anyway he like woke up and was like crap these girls are never going to find me laying here (laughs) so I better try and get back to where they can at least find me if I'm going to pass out again so he um I guess he said he just like crawled back and got back down and got to our packs and just sat there and waited and by the time we got to him he said he felt fine he said he felt a little weird but no idea what happened there um crazy Yeah. So that kind of shook us both up. Like we're really worried about him. And I was worried, like, not that, um, my hunt was going to be ruined, but I just, I just felt bad. Like, obviously I'm worried about Shane. I obviously, number one, I want him to be okay. Um, but yeah, so we're like not really sure what we should do at that point. If we should, um, help hike shane out of there in case something happens again so because we didn't want him to we didn't want to push him um hard and something happen again so we actually had a plan we were gonna um either stay at camp and shane would just have to stay at camp i guess or we were gonna hike him out of there and then um Tannis and I would just continue hunting the rest of the 10 days or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, we were kind of shooken up and, uh, brought Shane back to camp and made sure he was comfortable and didn't do anything, just made him chill. And, um, by this time, like that was most of the day, most of the day it was gone at that point. So, um, Tannis and I decided to, uh, go glass this one bowl one more time it was a a different one than we hadn't been to that day actually the same bowl where I saw those caribou we um decided to go just for the evening and just sit there and um see if we could find anything even though we weren't sure like the next day what we were going to do if we were going to end up hiking out or what but decided we'll go check it out so uh we hike up there and we're just glassing this bowl and like literally within like three seconds um I spot these goats down way down in the valley there's actually four goats and it was really cool to watch them because it was a nanny and a kid and these two small billies but they were fighting <laughs> and it was cool. just so fun to watch because they were just like circling each other and like um yeah like taking shots at each other with their horns and yeah it was just it was just cool to just sit there and watch these goats kind of in their element doing their thing doing their goat thing and, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I was pretty down, but it was a good evening. And, um, yeah, Tannis and I are just chatting about life and hanging out. And anyway, I just, I got up and, um, I was, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I was looking for a rock to pee behind. Yeah. <laughs> so I go back there, do my thing and I look up and, um, Along, like, the ridge, the saddle of the bowl that we were in, um, I see this, like, white spot, and it's by, like, a big snow patch. And I'm like, I've looked over there probably a hundred times today. Yeah. And when you're looking for goats, it's like every white rock starts to look like a goat. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, it's just another <laughs> white rock. And I'm like walking back to tennis, but I was like, you know what? I should just look just to make sure, even though I've already decided in my mind, it's a rock. So I like, yeah, grab my binos and I'm looking, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It's a stinking goat just standing there watching me. It's probably like 400 yards away. So it's not even that far. Um, so I like signal the tennis. I'm like, there's a goat right there. It's like watching us, got his eyes locked on us. But, um, yeah. She uh, looked at it for a couple seconds. She's like, yeah, it's Billy. Let's go. So <laughs> we um, kind of like leapfrogging from rock to rock, trying to get closer to this um, goat. We're like way out, way out in the open, like right on top of this ridge. So there wasn't a ton of cover. We didn't want to just like totally rush him like right on skyline. <laughs> so we um, had to like drop down into the rocks. On the in the cliffs a little bit on the inside of the bowl. Um, anyway, we um get on him. He's about three hundred yards away now, and uh, he decides to get up and start walking away. Ugh. And yeah, I was like, "Brick, that was my chance." He's just gonna walk away, and that's gonna be that. Um, but I get lined up on him, and he's still walking and. Tannis actually whistled at him. Yep. And it's a trick that works like a charm for deer, but I mean I didn't know that it would work on goats, but sure enough, um he was about 324 four yards at this point. And,
0: and what are you shooting away, by the way?
1: Um I'm shooting I use a uh quite a bit in the mountains. I use a Browning BLR in 308. Okay. It's kind of been my go to for the last few years. I shot my Ram with that as well and it's okay. just, yeah, but, um, anyway, uh, she whistled and he turned back to give us one more look and was broadside and just no hesitation. I just pulled the trigger and he just dropped right there and yeah, it was pretty exciting
0: cause well I thought done. for
1: sure, yeah, I was thought for sure he was walking away
0: and that They don't him, go down but, easy either, man. Like I know a lot of people who've put a lot of bullets in goats and had like yeah. bad recoveries and goats they never yeah. saw again. Like they are notoriously tough, tough animals.
1: That's what Tanis told me. She was like, that was awesome. Cause she's never seen a goat just no, drop. No, her job
0: just got a whole lot easier too.
1: <laughs> yeah. I We told Shane that too. And he's like, I've never even heard of a goat no. just dropping. They take off. And like, I've heard lots of stories too. Like they're tough. Like usually Super you got to put like few rounds in them to get yeah. them down. So I was pretty stoked about that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And did so you have a number out. in your head for, cause these are kind of questions I always ponder when I head up in, in, mm-hmm. in, in mountain hunts on rifles, like a distance that was like, okay, inside this, I'm good outside that I'm not taking a shot. Like what's your personal comfort range?
1: Well, for this particular hunt, like with so much um money kind of riding on it. Yeah. <laughs> I I told her like I don't really want to take a shot past 400 like, Sure. Yep. If we can get within 400, I'll be happy. I'm sure it'll be fine. Like I even told her like even within 300 would be ideal. Yep, But um just cuz there's so much riding on this
0: like Oh, I think those yeah. are very respectable distances too. I know I I personally have never I shot an odd at 300 and that's the furthest I've ever shot anything. I've done target practice. A little bit further, but I think especially when you're dealing with like mountains and draws and wind and, you know, when Mm -hmm. you start getting past that four, definitely the odds of something happening that's not right, I think start to go up pretty sharply as well.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I even told her like, while I was on the hunt too, like, I'm not trying to put any pressure on you, but like, I have to go home with something. Like (laughs) I will not accept that I'm going home with no coat <laughs> yeah. so no pressure but we got to do this so no it, it worked out awesome and um we I didn't know because we we're kind of close to camp so I thought like maybe Shane could have heard the shot yep but um we weren't sure and we didn't know if like he heard the shot and if he'd get all worried like what was happening and couldn't see us or whatever um or if he like decide to like come check out what we were doing but So we just decided we, we actually hiked back to camp, um, told him I got the goat and he was so excited. Um, I was pretty sad that like, he couldn't be there with me. I think that that would have been cool. Yeah. I really wanted him to be able to share that with me, but I was just happy that at least, um, we hadn't like hiked him out and he wasn't there at all. Like he still got to kind of experience it with me. So yeah. And then. We went back to the goat, got it cut up and deboned and bringing it back to camp. And to me, like the coolest part of it was, um, so I shot it right. Like at the end of the day, pretty much. And, um, like we were hiking back to camp. I think it was like midnight by the time we were getting back to camp. Right. And it was just like such a beautiful night. It was supposed to rain that night and it didn't, it was just like clear skies. The stars were out. It was full moon. It was so bright. And it just, to me, it was just so magical. And I was, I was loving every second of it.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. No, I was like thinking about that before I went, I'm like, that would suck to have to hike out like through the night. But to me, that was like, honestly, like my favorite part.
0: (laughs) That's badass. (laughs) What are you going to do with the goat as far as like a Mount Euro? Like what's, what's the plan?
1: Um, I'm going to do a shoulder mount okay. actually. Um, and my husband's actually going to do it. He's been, um,
0: I seen that dist- he kind of started taking that on recently and it was like actually looking pretty mm-hmm. decent.
1: Yeah. He's been getting into taxidermy here and he's just all pumped on it. So
0: he's, I think a shoulder mount it, is a I good think. choice with a goat because it's tough to like a, a skull never does my only, like I'm a big Euro fan but like oh, a yeah, euro just too. doesn't do a goat justice. I think it's one of the only animals mm-hmm. that it's like, they're just so majestic and they're so big across the chest and yeah. the shoulders. And I think, yeah. you know, most of us don't have the room or money for like a full mount, but yeah. I think especially with a goat, I think that shoulder mount is a particularly cool idea because you're still going to be able to kind of convey that mass that they have.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I, 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 don't think I'm at, probably ever going to get another goat. So I thought like, I got to do, I got to get yeah. some kind of mount done. I can't just do a Euro, <laughs> but yeah, a full mount's kind of out of the question.
0: Yeah. I don't even know where <laughs> I put one in my house, my let alone room. the yeah. money that it would cost to get one. It was funny. Yeah. I said to myself last year, if I got a goat, unless it was just giant, that mm-hmm. I was going to sell the hide. Cause you can get really good money for the <laughs> yeah. hides as well. And I'm like, totally. oh, it'd help pay for more hunts. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's so, yeah I, go ahead
1: oh yeah i was just gonna say that yeah i'm getting um a shoulder mount done but i'm also i kept the rest of the hide as well which okay. i'm just getting tanned and i'm gonna try and make something cool out of that too because it won't be like a it won't be a full piece of hide it's yeah. just like kind of the back half so but you I know, do like gloves
0: to, or something like you could do something cool like yeah, that's sometime but like a hat or something or a, mm-hmm.
1: like a something shawl, cool. scarf,
0: something. I mean, that fur is insane.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Like I was thinking like a vest or like yeah. something cool for Finn. Maybe if it's not a huge piece, like, yep. I don't know, something anyway.
0: <laughs> so how is the wind down? Because these are pretty emotional events. There's a lot of money on the totally. line. It's yeah. very stressful. And then all of a yeah. sudden with, you know, one inch of movement from your index finger, the whole thing is, is done. So how was that afterwards?
1: Um, that was pretty unreal. I think just cause like I was pretty stressed about it. And I also conveyed that stress or that stress to Tannis as well. Just like, just telling her like, this is literally my only chance to do this. Yeah. I, I'm not like some of those other hunters that you have where if they come and they don't get anything like, Oh, well, I guess there's always next year. I'll try again. It's like, no, this is it. This is like my one chance. So yeah. with that kind of in the back of my head, like to actually get that goat down was just unreal. Like, yeah, almost as good as when I got my ramp <laughs> and that was a pretty big deal. Um, but yeah. And just, just having Shane there kind of made it a little more special too. And yeah, it was the best feeling ever.
0: <laughs> That's badass. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're kind of, we're kind of running out of time, but there's one more topic I want to touch on at least lightly. Cause I, I don't have a chance to have many women on the podcast. And I think sure. it's an important topic to talk about because there are younger women kind of coming up in the hunting industry. And I think there's some good examples out there and there's some not so good examples out there. And I think you're definitely on the good end of the spectrum. So just maybe, especially since you've just had your first kid and I I know you've had to deal with some, you know, kind of, you know, not nice messages and all that kind of stuff. But how do Mm -hmm. you, how do you stay kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you don't seem to fall victim to like some of the other motivations that some of the other women mm-hmm. on Instagram do how, what's your North star in this whole thing? And what do you see is like, do you think it's kind of your obligation to be a good example? Or is this just something that there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And this is the right way as far as you're concerned.
1: Um, well, I think, um, it's pretty easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, I don't know, even maybe in the beginning of my, when I started Instagram, it was a little tempting to go that route, but just like for the followers and whatever, but like, it works. I think that's like, the
0: thing. Like you can't argue like you, works. <laughs> it works
1: totally. And I think for me, I n- never really went that way because first of all, it's just not me. And second of all, I would, I would rather put out um content out there or whatever i i want people to know like this is actually my life like it's not a joke like this is this is what i do this is my life um i don't know i just i'm serious about it sort of in a way i guess um yeah i don't know it's just i'd rather be taken seriously and um Just show that, I don't know, hunting, trapping, being in the wilderness, whatever, like that's my life and it's really important to me and it's, it's not just a joke and it's not just something I do and take pictures of for followers and for Instagram. (laughs) A lot of what I do doesn't go on Instagram.
0: (laughs) I, I think that's an awesome way to kind of, to kind of sum things up because you know, people ask me, for example, you know, the analogy for me is like, oh, how come you're not trying to get a bunch of sponsorships? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you can run out and get kind of lower grade sponsorships pretty easily.
1: Totally. But it's like there's
0: a there's a long game and a short game to this thing. And I think when you talk about wanting to be taken seriously and that this is really important to you, I mean, it comes through in the content that you put out. Like you go on legitimate hunts and you spend mm-hmm. legitimate time in the mountains and even with some training and stuff, like you take it seriously and you have kind yeah. of really thoughtful posts and content. And I think like that comes through. And I think I remember Joe Rogan said one time, the benefit of doing a podcast with somebody for three hours is that no one can bullshit you for three hours. So mm-hmm. you kind of, you know, yeah. if somebody's full of shit, it's going to come through. I kind totally. of think Instagram is kind of the same way. Like, yeah, okay. Maybe for a couple weeks you could follow somebody and you think they're one type of way, but after you've been following yeah. somebody and seeing their content for a long enough period of time, the people who have more integrity, it just shines through. And then the people who don't, it also becomes pretty, pretty obvious. And I think it might take yeah. longer, not that like growing a big Instagram is even your goal or anything, but c- you know, doing what you do and communicating, it might take longer to like build something, but I think it's, it's like stronger for it in the long run.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad that is, um, I hope
0: that's what most people see anyway. <laughs> well, listen, I, I really want to, I'm, that was a super great story. I was like kind of, I, when you first, I was, I've actually been thinking of having you on for quite a while, just with schedules and stuff. It never happened. And then as soon as I saw you saw you got the goat, I'm like, Oh, well, this will be perfect <laughs> because we can talk about awesome. the, the goat hunt. Cause I was super interested and I did yeah. see when Dustin started kind of posting about, I was like, man, I would like to, <laughs> I would like to hit him up and go do, Cause they still weren't, it was yeah. still quite an investment, but it definitely got it a little bit closer to that, you know, every person totally. type of hunt, you know?
1: Yeah. 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 That's why I was like, I'm, I'm going to jump on this. I have to, <laughs> I got to do it.
0: Well, that's awesome. Okay. Thank you again, Tannis. I I greatly appreciate it and best, best of luck in everything going forward.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
0: All right. Anytime. Cheers.
1: All right. Bye.